Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin. What's up? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I am your host, John Dustin. This evening, I am talking to a friend of mine, Tiffany Werner, who is a licensed mental health counselor. But first, let's get to a couple of announcements. Uh, If you're getting anything out of what I'm doing here, if you're getting value out of what I'm putting out, do me a favor. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button and thumbs this up, thumbs this video up. Uh, If you're on Facebook, do me a favor, like and share. Uh, If you're listening, going to be listening to this on the podcast platforms, please do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. And if you feel so inclined, give me a uh, a review or you can even rate the show. All of the information about Tiffany and where you can find her and how you can support me and and the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast will be available in the description uh, down below or uh, yeah, it's down below. So, uh, without further ado, let's uh, get Tiffany in here. Hi. Hey, Tiffany. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on the show. I know that I was a guest on your show not too long ago for part one, and uh, I think we got to get back on on there for part two. But thanks for making some time for me this evening. I know it's uh, nine o'clock where you're at uh, down on the East Coast. I look flushed or something, but it's the lighting. <laughs> I definitely have not been out in the sun. So that's an unfortunate thing. But it's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. You're welcome. So why don't you start off by telling uh, the listeners and the people, anybody who's watching, um, a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, uh, how you became a li- uh, licensed mental health counselor, and how that kind of played out. How would you like me to start? Wherever you like. Um, okay. Well, the broad question. So um, we're talking right. about years of progress here. So <laughs> I mean, was there a, was there a, a, a re like, did something happen to you in your life that, that made you want to reach out and, and be able to help other people? I know that you, uh, your book is about, uh, survivor uh, incest survivor and, and and i can't remember, i have the name of the book here a light within you that never goes out uh true stories of of uh, adult survivors of sexual abuse and incest uh, fortunately i'm not survivor myself i wrote that book um, because when i wanted to be on my a-game with a, a lot of clients in my office that were coming in simultaneously for the same thing um 
there wasn't good curriculum out there that didn't preach for for scripture or for you know the Bible or God or higher power, which um, to each their own. But most of the clients that I was seeing were mad and angry with God because of allowing that to happen to them. So they had to get through a process in order to reach that level of forgiveness and heal. And so we wrote a documentary and a self-help book, which is free to download at childabuse.com. And um, so that's not what led me into counseling. That was just part of, but I'll, I'll help you out. So um, born, raised and um, good family. And, and really close. And my um, my father and my uncle both fought in the Vietnam War. And came out with Purple Hearts, first lieutenants, um, three Purple Hearts, to be honest. And um, they were heroes of war. And my mother was an airline stewardess of the day, like back when stewardess were, you know, <laughs> stewardess. And she went to Spain to, when my uncle and my dad, they were best friends, and we're in deployment, and yada, yada, yada. They said that my mom and dad were so gaga over each other, they went to see a bullfight, and they missed the matador killing the bull. So that's how I um, now exist. But um, then I guess, okay, so... Let's like fast forward uh, about 18 years. Um, trauma hit me. I was raised pretty well. And uh, I woke up one morning getting ready for school and found my mother lying on the bathroom floor. And she had had a brain aneurysm and never woke up. Now, that was huge in, in that age range. Um, trauma is big, especially for a sudden loss that you didn't see coming. It's something unexplainable, but I got to say, it's something that you have to deal with. It, it derailed me um, in a way that I can't, I mean, I can explain, but it, I can't think it's okay. Anyway, um, so that was my first traumatic experience. Like, well, there's smaller stuff as kids and like with high school and stuff, but not really like that on that extreme level. And then in I went away to college, University of Florida, and during then I lost both grandparents and my uncle. No, I mean, sorry, then my father. My father died in 2001 to Agent Orange. Um, years later, after three Purple Hearts and Frontline and platoon and grenade travel in his arm and his hand and everything, um, cancer killed him later on. And it was proven to be what Agent Orange is. And for people that don't know what the Agent Orange is, and it's um, like they were like dust cropping and planes that would fly overhead, spraying this chemical all over the military soldiers. They would, my dad said he remembers putting tarp over himself, but it would ricochet off the ground. But it killed the weeds because like, it's the jungle as the fighting zone. And um, both my dad and my uncle died later, years later from cancer due to age orange. So... So um, I went through a lot of trauma, derailed, um, probably was an at-risk youth for a little while. Not probably, I was. And um, 
was focused into school, but um, a lot of of trauma. When my mother died, I had to ask my dad for help, my father for help, because I had gotten to 98 pounds. And usually when you go through a trauma, a lot of people need the feeling of control and, and eating disorder is pretty common with that too. And um, I was crying for help. My dad started dating pretty quick after my mom passed away. So I lost two parents right at once, pretty much it felt like. And I was crying for help and I asked him to see somebody about that. And he said, you're not crazy. You don't need help. I mean, we're talking Marine Corps officer, frontline, three purple heart, everything. He's like, you're not nuts. You don't need help. Just get through it. That was my first introduction to stigma on mental health. And then, and then it kind of fast forwarded to, um, so I just had to let that one in because I did ask for help and I was crying for help physically. I was showing, I mean, doing stuff that I would have never done. Um, like acting out? Definitely. Well, yeah. Um, more than I got caught for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, but yes. And, um, but I knew it wasn't me. And I didn't feel right. So anyway, I go to college and, um, and really put my all into it. And then I was an undecided major. Didn't know what I wanted to be. And the guidance counselor said I had enough credits for sociology or psychology. And I decided to go with psychology. Sociology just wasn't for me. Like, I think I want to do more clinical one-on-one help. And so that's what started me into becoming a therapist. Yeah, trauma is tricky because you never quite know what's going to, like, what degree it's going to affect somebody. And everybody, like anything else, we're all different and things hit us in different ways. You know, one one uh, diet may work for you, but it won't work for me. I mean, nobody is a one size fits all. So, I mean, you know, trauma is really tricky, man. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's tough, man. It really is. So since you started, uh, since you got your license, um, you, what got you into the podcasting part of that? And then also the radio show as well. I mean, is it, or do you have your own private practice or are you, how are you like, what is that? How does, all, how does all that kind of tie in? Okay. So obviously I graduated um, got my master's degree. I worked in correctional facilities, juvenile correctional facilities, maximum risk for eight years. So I did follow my dream and ended up working with at risk youth, trying to help trauma. Cause like what you were just saying about trauma, when we're traumatized, our brain reacts to fear differently. And that's why there's triggers. That's why everything, because trauma in it shares fear and um, fear is the hardest thing to eliminate. It's, Hope is the only thing greater than fear, but it's really hard to be hopeful when you're scared or traumatized. And so you have to build coping skills, but it's possible. And then I'm a living proof of it. You know, I'm not only a client or a therapist, I'm a client too. But anyway, so we, as I worked through the residential, started becoming clinical director, working through the residential, all at risk youth families, everything like that. And um, 
decided to go into private practice and did a lot of that. And that's the second time I started with stigma. My private practice, I joined a group with highly qualified psychiatrists, nurse practitioners and everything. And I was one of three licensed therapists in a large group of medication providers. And it's a doctor's office with the receptionist and a sliding up and down window and everything. And my clients would come in and say, you know, because um, there's some severe mental ill people in the lobby, but, you know, there's that stigma. And they kept saying, you know, or my mom just thought I needed to talk to someone. I'm not crazy. Or people just would make their next appointment. Be for the airline stores. Sorry. Whoops. Anyway, um, <laughs> it happens. And um, so anyway, they started sneaking out the back door and um, not wanting to go through the lobby just because of fear of being seen there. And I started picking up on the stigma of fear of being labeled. And so I went off on my own and opened up Safety Harbor Behavioral Health and Counseling Center and um, the Gulf Coast Behavioral Health was nice enough to let me take my clients with me. I'm just like half a mile down the road and um, no competitiveness because I wanted a, an environment that's nice and warm and cozy and you, you get your bottle of water. There's not a lot of people waiting in the office. You're treated like, like a guest at a spa rather than in a clinical doctor setting. And I started seeing people being more open to accepting that they were in therapy. And so I did that in 2014 and I joined the Chamber of Commerce. So I'm open Safety Harbor Behavioral Health and Counseling Center, joined the Chamber of Commerce. They do a ribbon cutting, a grand opening. Um, and uh, all sorts of people were there. And I gave a speech and stupid sense of humor, whatever, whatever, but WTA and radio was there and they asked if I would like to host a psychology podcast. Yada, 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 moments of clarity. It's going on six years now. But yeah, and if, if you look on the bottom, there are the different radio stations that you can find uh, uh, Tiffany on as far, and also the uh, website for Tantalk is down there below. Those are just some of them I need to update <laughs> It's grown. It's been a blessing. It's the passion. It's probably I don't I don't know if I'll ever try to stop doing it ever unless I have to. I've seen so much change come from so many things. I've met some amazing people with uh, exceptional stories. Everyone has a story, and so many people need to realize that they're not alone. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things that I found in doing my show is that you never know who you're going to reach out there. Um, you know, you can just by doing what I'm doing. I mean, it, it's, it's what I would be doing it anyways, even if I, if I made money or not, the, the fulfillment and the satisfaction that I get out of it, especially when somebody reaches out to me and says, Hey, you know, just like uh, this gentleman right here and these two, you know, Tiffany, I align with you love more than, you know, uh, Scotty Appleseed here, you know, he's got, my dad died from Agent Orange brain tumor. He was in Vietnam, yeah. you know, um, my you know, you just, 2001, my, my uncle, my dad's best friend was 2013 as well. My dad, my dad was one of the first where we had to fight to say it was war related. It was Agent Orange wasn't proven to be, it was, um, a hard struggle because they didn't know, but 
Yeah, that that was actually, um, I think my uh, girlfriend's dad is suffering from that right now. He's got, he he was exposed to that as well. But I think the reason why they, what happened with that is they, it was to, um, to poison all of the, the land there. So they couldn't grow anything, you know, especially the rice fields and everything else. They were trying to starve them out and probably also, you know, remove, remove weeds and some of the uh, dense forests they have with, with whatever the napalm didn't, didn't destroy, you know? So, but I mean, it, they, they dumped it right all over them. So, and then they didn't do anything in return when, when it was found out that that was what it was from. So that's pretty sad. Kind of like what we're going through now. <laughs> yeah. To say that, but you know, kind of feels like that. And what's going to happen in 30 years for some of them with my dad, it was interesting. Not so much, but my birthday's in September, September 14th. My dad my father passed away in 2001 and I wanted to spend my birthday with them because you could tell he was, he was going to go soon. He was terminal. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to come spend my birthday with you. Like 22. And um, I bought a ticket. I lived in West Palm Beach at the time. I to fly there. And on September 11th, guess what? The Twin Towers. They landed all the planes. There was a hurricane coming to Florida at the same time. I couldn't make it on my birthday, and he passed away on the 22nd of September. Oh, man. And I hate to say that like, I was glad anyone died, but when they got Bin Laden, I had to say it. I was pretty. He took my last week, my last birthday with my dad away. But yeah, this, this country's had some 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 interesting uh, times in the last, uh, say, twenty years, let's say the least. Um, but that's a different topic for a different show. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm more than which is traumatizing for everyone. Yeah, yeah. The whole pandemic, everything. Everybody's like, I can't wait for twenty twenty one. Well, it just started, and crap's getting worse. It's weird. Um, that not weird, but it's. I know a lot of uh, my clients in private practice. So I do have a private practice within the counseling center. I do. I see a lot of clients virtually right now. Everyone's kind of coping with this pandemic differently, but I know it's getting to everybody. And there's a lot of people using more substances, drinking more, um, needing the depression medication, fearful of the unknown, uh, just wanting this to end. Uh, Kids that are homeschooled because of virtual things or, or not near their friends or socializing or in sports like they're supposed to be. Everyone, everyone is going through something because of all of everything around us. Um, and it's global. And so what would you say a majority of your, of your uh, clients are, are struggling with right now? Anxiety and depression, alcohol. Have you had any, have you lost any of them? Uh, due to this, uh, to the depression through, uh, suicides or anything like that. I know those are up on the rise as well. Thank God. No, no. And I don't intend to. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on watch like that. <laughs> like <laughs> white on rice when it comes to someone that might be at risk of that. Um, but at the same time, um, everyone has their own issues right now. Um, and, seeking help is 
there's nothing to be ashamed of. And now is the time more than anything to give it a shot, especially if you're feeling isolated or lonely. The people I feel the worst for are the ones that are suffering with domestic violence or going through a divorce or something like that and stuck with the person that they live with because of lack of options right now. And that's just. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster right there. And that's that's another thing that I I wanted to talk a little bit about is uh, untreated trauma and, and, you know, how that plays out kind of in our society, you know, in all, in all aspects of it, you know, when it comes to mental health, I mean, addiction, all of that stuff that spins off of uh, untreated trauma, whether it's, you know, you've got a, a woman who was, or, or a guy that was molested at a young age, you know, when they get older and they haven't dealt with that, you know, it comes out in hypersexual behavior, unwanted pregnancies, the drug use sometimes starts to follow. And it just spins out in, in all of these different issues from, you know, uh, domestic violence, you know, everything that, that, that we see that's playing out in our in our judicial system pretty much all comes from untreated trauma. And the gateway drug is not marijuana. I'm sorry, but it's trauma. How do you feel? Do you, do you agree with that or? I mean, it makes some sense for sure. Um, I've worked in the correctional facilities before, so um, I wouldn't say it's always untreated trauma, but often, sure. And um, and the thing is, is that um, when you build trauma over trauma over trauma, there's a lot of soldiers that get signed up to go to war for us, and they have childhood trauma. They're more likely to get triggered in combat and things like that, or that needs to be addressed mental health wise, I think, before sending someone to combat and things like that. Instead of post-traumatic stress, which let's educate on pre-traumatic stress and educate what you might see, what you might be triggered with, what to do when you have a trigger, coping skills, and maybe healing from some past issues before just assuming they can handle boot camp or <laughs> all of the above, you know, um, well, think about think about the age of what, what what's the average age of an enlisted uh, uh, person, you know, especially when they're if it's anywhere in between eighteen to or let's just say nineteen to twenty five. I mean, the brain doesn't finish developing until twenty seven, right? Twenty six, twenty seven, twenty five. But yeah, most people get out of high school; they don't know what to do next, and they enlist. And by the way, thank you for everyone, all the veterans and those that choose to serve the country. Our American way of life wouldn't be the same without you. Yeah, absolutely. And they sometimes don't come back the same. And it's just, and then there's that stigma, kind of like what I was saying with my father. Oh, they don't need help. It's weak to seek help or there's something wrong with me. Why doesn't my buddy need help when I do? Whatever. But not everyone sees the world through the same eyes. What bothers me doesn't bother you as much. Or I could be traumatized by a bumblebee versus someone's like, oh, they're so cute and fuzzy. And how do they fly? I don't know. But everything affects us different. Like just because one person is traumatized by one instance and it's, it, it, 
whatever causes fear is traumatic to each individual person. Yeah, I was watching a, what was it? It was a, so I play VR, uh, the Oculus Quest. You know, I was watching something on a, it's an Oculus Quest, the ones that you put over your, and you're not tethered to something. Virtual reality? Yeah, virtual reality. Yeah, I was watching, but here, but here's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was watching this this uh, video on Facebook because I belong to a group where they talk about you know virtual reality and stuff like that, and they had put this on this little kid. He had to have been maybe like two, between two and three, and it was a zombie one. And he's sitting there watching it, and all of a sudden he's just screaming. He's ah, ah, like like a like he really thought it was happening. He throws it off. He runs out of the room and runs straight into a wall. And, you know, they're all laughing. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, you could probably, that could have traumatized that kid. I mean, the way that he was screaming, he really thought that he was getting attacked by these things. And so, I mean, you just. Some of them, like witches and stuff, you can't make it like three three minutes into it. Like, Yeah. So it was. It was pretty. Uh, more traumatized and triggered by it. Those things can tra- traumatize you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need any of that either. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what are some of the the milestones uh, that you've that you've had on your podcast? Because you do a lot of them. I mean, you got you got a lot of content over on your YouTube channel. The YouTube's new, actually. I don't have a lot of. Not as much. I think it started in June since the quarantine. Uh, before that, it was just like Facebook Live. And then, you know, the quarantine gave us the opportunity. I wasn't going into the studio live because of COVID. And then we figured out that we could batch in with Zoom live. And then I actually was able to see him, I guess, virtually. And I don't know, it evolved from there. The YouTube is pretty new. They only have like 8,000 subscribers or something. Yeah, so that's that's good. I, I've only got 113. I've been doing this for almost two years, so but I mean, I don't really. I'm I'm horrible with the uh, with the whole. Uh, I don't know social, your social media. All this like text and everything. This is great. Um, you're you're running the show better than I am. My streaming thing is kind of new to me, so. But I, but I also talk about some stuff that's not, you know, probably that gets me shadow banned a little bit on some some platforms, you know, giving my opinion about the government and stuff like that, you know, things that, that we're being censored for right now. Yeah, that might do it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Possibly, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I'm, you know, I'm, I... I I pride myself on authenticity and being transparent. And so sometimes, you know, you may not like my opinion. I may not like your opinion, but you know what? It's yours to have and it's your right to have it. So I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to respect you, you know, and your opinion, you know, whether I I agree with it or not. I mean, that's the American way, right? Mm -hmm. Should be at least. No, but yeah, but not everyone thinks like that. No, I know. It's, it's a different world that we're living in. Uh, Scotty Appleseed has another one. He said, uh, podcasting about mental health, too, and working to become a therapist, peer, peer specialist now. So he's kind of doing, doing yeah, the same route that you did. Daddy. And he also lost a father from Agent Orange. Or, um, so 
Yeah, yeah look at that. Look, look at that. Just you never know. You never know where you're going to find people. Oh, my radio group. pop here. All right. There you go. Do that ding dong. Uh, Summit. Me on Facebook if we're not already friends. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Follow her on Facebook. I have that stuff uh, there as well. Summit Innovation says thank you, you to all our veterans. Just spell the last name right. It's easy. Yeah, we got Facebook right here. There's all your your uh, Facebook addresses there for you. And then you also I got some Instagram as well. So what are your goals for 2021 uh, with your show, with your practice? Um, you know, the, the, are, are you liking the virtual? Because I like the virtual. I like being able to do this. It gives me a lot more options with my show and being able to live stream. Uh, I actually prefer doing the uh, doing this for interviews versus going because I, I, I have a I produce a podcast as well, and that's uh, for a local um, a local real estate office, and they like to do it in person. I, I don't I don't like it. I've tried doing them in person in my studio, and I. I chose to go the other way. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't, I don't like the way this turned out. Let's just do it the regular way that I normally do it. Well, I'm on live radio, AM and FM. So it's a radio station and um, the podcast and everything else kind of fell after that. Okay. okay. I miss seeing my producer. I miss going into the studio. I miss the smell of it. I miss looking at my producer when, you know, like not any of that. I have a beautiful office in Safety Harbor, a private practice. And honestly, um, you can't talk about stuff I specialize in. I want to give people hugs or hand them a tissue or give them a bottle of water. I, and I'm an extrovert. I like to see people in person. And especially my little clients, the ones that are like eight and under, maybe nine and under that are ADHD. I can't see them virtually because I end up looking at a ceiling fan going, hello, hello, are you there? So. <laughs> Because, you know, they can only pay attention so much. So um, the interactive stuff, the trauma care, the EMDR, I need to be in person, the guided imagery, that that stuff. I can't do that as effectively. I can't read the nonverbals. Um, and I miss my office. I like my office. Yeah. I still pay for my office. So I get it. No, um, but, and I like to see somebody face to face. So, I mean... Virtual sometimes is more convenient because it saves mileage on the car and the gas and all that stuff. And I can probably see more clients than usual. Um, however, it's it's not the same. I'd like to be able to do both without fear of getting sick. Um, so my my son has a heart defect, um, asthma in our family and high blood pressure. And so we're trying to be careful. Okay. I do miss the radio station, everything else. I mean, it's it's great being able to reach more people. Where do I see myself in 2021? Hopefully um, alive. Um, and that's all we can pray for is good health, right? And um, I don't know. I would love for this kind of show, my podcast, to like reach television kind of like with a live audience. Um Kind of like if you see the Conan or Ellen or whatever, just with the guest there and um, being able to talk to them in person on a stage and rather than televised like this, an audience can ask questions and things like that. That would be kind of cool. 
Yeah, does Restream have the uh, the ability for for audience questions, or is it just? Yeah, it does. All right. Yeah, I never. I I, I hooked up with uh, Streamyard way before, uh, probably about I don't know. I'd say six months ago, maybe maybe even eight months ago, and I like it. It uh, it, it gives the feel of a real a real broadcast, you know. But plus, you get the background. I don't have that, and also. Um, but you got the the chat in the comments. You guys ask questions. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer um, anything. I'm gonna open a book. Um, but no, 2021. I I would. I just want to end the stigma on mental health and educate people that don't understand bipolar or schizophrenia or um, personality disorders. That there's nothing to be scared of. These people. You face challenges not knowing where they're going to be or what mood or what medication, all that stuff, or hallucinations, or living their worst nightmare, and they're doing it. And depression, when just someone is depressed and able to get up and take a shower, that's a that's a big deal. And I commend them rather than judge, and people don't look at it like that. And everyone's highly capable of achieving their goals and transforming their lives. And like a lot of negative thoughts take over and hinders our mind transformation. And we have to be dedicated to change. We need to be open to new ideas and our feelings and emotions are always really fickle, <laughs> but they can make our lives miserable if we let them. And, they control our mood and our attitude and are major contributors to a negative mindset. So it's important to recognize when we're about to make emotional decisions. But if we want to change things for the better, it's a choice. Um, don't worry about what won't happen or what would happen or what ifs. And don't should yourself. Dr. Amber Baker says stop shooting yourself. Be your Go friend yourself, not be your own worst critic. But mostly our feelings and emotions lie to us and they get in the way of us reaching our own life potential. And a lot of it has to do trauma, a lot of it trauma related too, but just self-esteem can really put us in a negative mindset and losing people or not believing that we can. And I don't know. It can help us misinterpret our progress in life. And when we lie to ourselves, um, it's like our feelings and emotions are enemies of progress. So it's important to let's make sure that they don't control ourselves, that they don't control you. And, and then they cause stress, which is another significant thing that's an aftermath and influences our overall peace and state of mind. So when we allow stress to take over, transformation of whatever we want to become becomes complicated. So there's like some tips and stuff like that. They like could so make sure that you are pursuing your dream and like not living from the past, believing that you can move forward and make some choices. And if you feel stuck, go see somebody that can help. Yeah, the negative self-talk is definitely, I mean, I catch myself doing it all the time. I mean, and I've been even listening to some of the prior episodes, like even the one today, uh, I, 
I released earlier. It was uh, I already released it on the the podcast platforms, but it was a replay of one of those, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I like listening back to myself, going, "Oh, you're just you're 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 just talking mess about yourself all the time." I mean, no wonder you you keep that that narrative going. I don't re-listen anymore. You just gotta. Yeah. Just- I mean, I used to self-critique when I would re-listen just to study and make sure I didn't make bad mistakes because working with teens and at risk youth for so long, it was hard for me to shake the word like. Yeah, yeah. I was like so in, you saying, it's dropping your your IQ at least 100 points, stop it. But at the same time, it's just, um, I don't know. Um you're doing a great job, Sean, and I think you should just keep it up and just be you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. What I have done though is I I, I uh, joined up. Uh, I joined the Toastmasters, so that is really helpful. And anybody out there who's listening to this, if you don't know what a Toastmasters is, it's basically a a group, and they're all over the place, and they're doing them virtually now as well. Not the same as speaking in front of people, but you're still speaking in front of people. But it, it, it it's sometimes at eight a.m. <laughs> That's why yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. like, My, mine's at seven. Cheers, yeah. and uh, nice to almost meet you, but I don't exist at that hour, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, my, mine's at seven p.m., so it's a little bit better. No, I'm probably and, at eight a.m. Like in yeah. the morning, I am not going to wake up to learn how to give a speech at eight a.m. Like. When yeah. I watch ten or eleven, and we look at our podcast right now. Is yeah, then I haven't even stopped to eat dinner. Well, I appreciate it. I know you came straight from work, and uh, you know you were able to do this uh, on a on a short notice. So well, I appreciate that. Um, one thing that I, I, I was listening to today, uh, I was I listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, and it was uh, a, a recent one, and he was talking with the. Uh, somebody who's dealing with traumatic brain injury, uh, people that have have suffered uh, TBIs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are veterans that are, or the, uh, not secret service, but the um, operators, the ones that are doing like the green berets, the seals, uh, the guys that are NFL players. Yeah. Well, yeah, those ones too. Um, And, what they're seeing is is that the uh, the inflammation in the brain is playing a big part in some of the uh, what we would call um, ah, what's the word I'm looking for uh, PTSD and 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 in the like of that. And so it was really interesting uh, what they're doing and some of the new um, some of the new stuff that's coming out about that. And guys that were, you know, to the point of almost uh, committing suicide, one of them was on there and he said, yeah, with the, what, what they figured out and the treatment for it, it gave him his life back. Basically, you know, it took away the, you know, all of that, that stuff that was going on. He was able to get off all of the medications and and, and everything else. And, and, And it all had to do with inflammation in the brain and reducing that and, it was uh, it's pretty interesting. So, if anybody out there, you know, if you're interested in stuff like that, uh, hit up the Joe Rogan one. I don't know what episode it is, and I'm not gonna. That's what I was trying to look for earlier. Ended up blasting the uh, 
<laughs> the episode on on accident. You know, so, um, I, I, I interviewed a um, Harvard Medical graduate psychiatrist locally in my area in Florida and was talking about COVID and we're talking about the vaccine and everything. And he was saying that he had just gotten the Pfizer vaccine because he's a psychiatrist at a residential facility and drug education. Actually, one of the sponsors of my show, River Oaks Treatment Facility, Treatment Center. Regardless, um, which thanks for all the sponsors as well. Um, but he said that catching COVID inflames the brain and actually damages. It'll attack the things that we have pre-existing conditions for without us even knowing. So that later on in life, when it does become a problem, we're more likely to be susceptible to kidney failure or whatever, that kind of stuff. And that everyone has these fears about the vaccine, which I understand to each their own. And I don't have an opinion. I'm just telling you what I've heard that the, getting the vaccine is less dangerous than catching COVID because of what it does to the brain. People are losing memory and, and brain fog and cognitive functioning and things like that as well, just from that. So if, if you're questioning that, that's what I heard from a medical graduate from Harvard that is now a psychiatrist just um, last week. So I don't know. I'm I've been skeptical on what to do as well. So I'm just saying what I heard. Well, you have a lot of people that are skeptical. I mean, even, even medical professionals are, are opting not to until they see a little bit more information out there or kind of like the Agent Orange, man. Yeah. But, but are we going to wait 30 years to figure it out? I don't know. Well, but there's actually a caused cancer 30 years and killed a bunch of soldiers that lived through the hardest time of their life. But that's where I'm kind of confused on what do I want to do? I know that, you know, there's a lot of people, one of my clients are, I don't know if I want the vaccine. That's what they're saying. Cause they want to still be a mother and they don't want to def- affect their DNA. That, I get that. Or if they're on psych meds, what's going to happen with this? Or there's some really great questions out there that, you know, but at the same time, I don't know. Something's got to give. Everyone's dying. Well, not everyone. A lot of people are. Yeah, I, I watched the Senate hearing um, on one of the shows, and if you guys, uh, I, I can put it in the uh, in in the uh, up here. Uh, I can grab it. But I mean, they're talking about a uh, uh, a guy named Doctor his, uh, his Doctor Corey. I can't remember what his last name is, but it was a Senate hearing. They were talking about different uh, alternative stuff with the uh, with the, uh, the some of the therapeutics that we already have, and you know, like the hydro- hydroxychloroquine that they were you know bashing in the beginning that was actually working and doing stuff. And the reason, well, the reason it seemed why is that it wasn't some of the new things that had come out that were more expensive. And you know, this thing is really about you know when it comes to to big pharma, it's all about money. And they wanted to push the the more expensive stuff versus the stuff that we already had. But anyways, he was talking about a drug called um, ivermectin, which is a anti-parasitic. And in Argentina, they did a study. They used uh, 1,200 doctors or medical people that are working in the hospitals. 800 of them took ivermectin. And of those 800, none of them contracted COVID. None of them got anything. 
of the 400 that took uh, that didn't take ivermectin, 50, 56% of them uh, contracted COVID. So, I mean, he basically said this right in the Senate hearing that if you take ivermectin, you will not contract it and you will not spread it. And it's something that we already have that's very cheap. But, well, it wasn't, but you're not but you're not going to see that it wasn't it, it was suppressed they didn't cover it mainstream media didn't cover it so it was you know it's, it's not funny I do know that vitamin C D and zinc really help across the board and what's the harm of not trying it because it just helps us like overdose. I, there's a lot there's a lot more there's a lot of stuff more stuff we need to know about it I think um you know that it's too soon. You know, there's, I, I, I don't like it that you, even when you take it, you're still, you can still pass it. You know what I mean? I think somebody said, well, that's not verifiable. So I'm not even going to bother mentioning any of that, but it's just, uh, you know, out of 100,000 people that took it, 3000 plus had, uh, uh, adverse reactions to it. You know, versus if you take ivermectin, you're not going to you're not going to get it and you're not going to give it and you're not going to feel like crap or have any adverse reactions. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just uh, there's there's just too much. There's too much weird weirdness around it. So I don't know. I'm still I'm still I'm still still out. I'm not the covid expert. I I don't know. I barely get to see the news. Um, I'm with clients all day. Most of it is what I've hear. I've heard. I have a lot of clients that caught it. I know the different symptoms. There's so many different strains and how it affects people. But the most important part to me is how they're mentally handling the quarantine, the the world, the news, um, mentally and um and physically, like the sub- substance abuse epidemic within the pandemic, coping skills, things like that. That's all they can really do to help. I... Yeah, yeah. It's... I'm, like, I'm kind of like you. I'm not sure what to say, nor is my opinion on that an expert doctor opinion when it comes to the virus or medication or whatever. But at the same time, there's ways to cope. And a lot of people are coping and self-medicating and things like that. And that's the time to seek out help. Yeah, yeah health, sure. covered by most medical med, mental health insurances or medical insurances as well. Just call and find a provider. And since most of the providers are doing virtual, it's probably easier to get an appointment. And uh, just look on the back of your insurance card and find who's there, and then do some shopping. It's kind of like swipe left, swipe right. Feel <laughs> 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 like you relate to the most. Find a connection with somebody and. Get some human interaction and deal with some problems like that are underlying before they become added to with all this other stuff too. You got some mental health Tinder going on there, huh? <laughs> kind of like that. You shop for a therapist. It's just like kind of like online dating. It feels like something. It's funny. Yeah. Well, and also too, you you have these uh, you know apps now where you can you know get in touch with a mental health professional. You know, probably. If you don't even have insurance, I'm sure you can get a de- at least a, find somebody out there that's willing to talk to you for you know a, a decent price. Well, most everyone has either employee dis- think through your employer. Ask about employee assistance program from your HR. They don't seem to talk about it enough, and um, I'm a provider for most of my area. 
a lot of therapists don't want to do it because it doesn't pay that great, but um, I'm out to help more than whatever. Um, and I'm on most insurances as well. Um, there's a lot of good therapists on there too. And you can find good help. You just got to look. Yeah. Always ask your therapist why they became a therapist. Make sure there's a logical reason, not just because they wanted to study themselves or whatever. Just make sure that there's a reason that you can relate to. Because some get into the field and think that just because they studied it means that they're okay. And <sighs> that's not that's not what it, that's not what it is. We can't self-diagnose. Yeah, but yeah, that's a that's a good so so. That's a good question. Do you have any other questions if for somebody who's actually looking for a mental health counselor? Like, what are some what are some red flags that, that you would see? Maybe of a of somebody where you know a professional is like, oh, you know, I don't know. Coming from me, I guess that's different because um, I would read into if they if I had more education. So asking, yeah, a car mechanic that's been doing it for twenty years. If so, I don't know. Someone else which should fit their, fix their car. I don't. I definitely know that um, when I was really needing help, I went through six or seven before I found the right one. So don't give up just because you find them lame or you don't connect or they, you find them judgy or whatever it is. Just keep trying. You'll find one that really works, and it's made my life completely different than it could have been if I never actually went and and bought into it. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a licensed therapist if I didn't. And, um, that's one thing. And, um, no, that's the most important thing. Keep trying until you connect with one. Don't give up just because that person didn't fit what you were looking for. Yeah. I've done, I've thought that. There's shame in seeking mental health. I have a therapist, a lot of therapists. Every, I think every healthy adult should have a therapist. And it's it's important, especially nowadays. Yeah, it, it is. It is for sure. Well, we're at about fifty minutes here, so why don't you go ahead and uh, plug anything that you want to plug? I mean, I got a lot of your stuff. Uh, I know you've been hooking it up. I don't even know what else to do. It. Yeah. And my show Moments of Clarity is on every Thursday and Friday from twelve to one Eastern Standard Time. Always looking for guests um, that have exceptional or exceptional with inspirational stories, maybe book authors, celebrities, musicians, and other podcasts, hosts, um, people that have been through something that want to share. Um, feel free to message me. I'm on Facebook at Tiffany Werner, W E R H N E R, Instagram at MOC with Tiffany.com. The rest of it's MOC with Tiffany.com. You probably just Google my name and it all comes up. And, and, um, I'll be glad to help as much as I'm, I can. Can't promise I can help everyone with everything though. Um, and please don't, please don't ask me for money. I'm not Oprah. <laughs> I mean, people tend to get upset when they can't. I don't make money off the show. I do a lot of charity work. So, but um, besides that, um, no, it's really important to find someone you connect with and that you can trust with anything and use as a sounding board. That's not your family. That's not a friend. That's not going to give you bad advice. And that can 
but you don't have to worry about worrying them with that. You can just ask for help and no one's alone. You'd be surprised how many people have the same thing you're going through. And so I usually close this show. Change can only come when we stand together as one. Thank you for having me on the show. And also that to be kind to a stranger, you never know what they're going through. And a smile can go a thousand light years, but you know, uh, how many people were thinking about ending their life and a stranger smiled at them and they decided to come see me a lot. Yep, yep. You never know what, what that, what, you know, could one thing that you may say, or, you know, the, the person that you have on your show, it could be that one thing that keeps that person around one more day and, and, you know, fighting another day. So I want to thank you. I thank appreciate you so your much. time. Opportunity. Thank you. Um, stick around because I want to ask you something afterwards, uh, after the uh, outro here. And for everybody else, thank you for watching the show. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, as I said, if you want to uh, support the show, if you're on, if you're on uh, what the hell is that? YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, thumbs it up. Uh, if you're on Facebook, give me a, give me a. Probably uh, in this corner, right yeah. here. Uh, over there, over there, yeah, over here. Little button right there. <laughs> and then come back tomorrow night at six PM, and I'm going to have uh, the Miss Miss World America uh, will be here, Cassandra Wallace. Um, Miss and, World America, how do you get that title? Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then Summit Innovation said, "Great job, Tiffany." So oh, good. Sponsor my show. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Thank you for support. All right, I'll, thank you so much. I really, I really have some great advocates and followers and support for the show. I've really earned it, and really, I'm humbled by it. And I really, I'm humbled awesome. by how many people are out there to help and volunteer their time as well, and and make sure that it goes smoothly. Like, I'm messing around with this thing. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. I'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Uh, thanks again, Tiffany. And uh, we're out. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.